TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Badlands podcast, the only podcast out there that is 100% chilled and is proudly part of the Chairshot Radio Network, eWrestling News, and Smart to Death Radio. I am Mags, and uh, COVID-19 is still being uh, the biggest heel in wrestling because it means I still can't uh, record with my tag team partner, Paul, but... That's his loss, not mine. I've got a, a, a really cool guest today. I've got uh, Kevin uh, from the team over at uh, the Wrestling Figures Retrospective. They've, uh, they've brought out a, a new book on uh, based on the Hasbro line of uh, wrestling figures. Uh, Kevin, how are you today? Not too bad today. For um, <laughs> trying to work out what day has been in the world for that long. It's, it's awful. I'm literally, I've been trapped in like one room of my house because of like this kind of isolation thing. And it's, yeah, it's annoying. I don't even know what day is. Is it Friday? It could be Friday. I think I've said something about being good Friday somewhere today, but um, obviously it's a necessity yeah. and we'll get out eventually. Absolutely. Um, so seeing as this is your first time on the show, uh, Kevin, uh, we like to collect every every guest uh, choices of the the greatest wrestlers of all time and and kind of tally up the 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 collated Matt Rushmore. So who are who are your four guys who, who or gals who would make your Matt Rushmore of the greatest wrestlers of all time? My first one is Stingy. It absolutely has to be. Um, although I've written a book on these figures, um, it was actually the WCW figures that set it all off and WCW TV. So Sting was my absolute hero and I. I kind of got to meet him once at the, the show in Blackburn. Just at the end of the show, they were sneaking out the back and here comes Sting and everyone surrounding. And I was the first person that he uh, pushed on their ass and buggered <laughs> off and left us. He just kind of tumbled me over and I was about eight, eight, eight nine years old at the time. And yeah, just like, there you go, son, on your backside. And <laughs> so you did the job for Sting. I did. I took a brilliant back bump there, so I was very <laughs> impressed with that. I might have whinged at my mum a little bit about getting beaten up by Sting, but it was it was good. But yeah, Sting's work um, from from seeing him when I was little, or the the face paint, the colour, and everything else, um, and then just like matches against Vader, etc. Just wondering how the how is he going to beat this guy, and and then he does, and and where he progressed, and where he went to, and how it all sort of ended. Yeah, Sting's Sting's my number one. Yeah, great pick. Who uh, who joined Sting? Number two is obviously Hulk Hogan. So I wasn't I wasn't too much of a fan of Hulk when I liked the BCW and then um, kind of got to see more of WWF and then like get it like get into where Hulk was and what he was doing and like this is this is awesome. This guy can beat anyone. There's no one's going to stop him. The power he's got, his resilience, and it kind of obsessed from there. I'm actually wearing my uh, my zombie mania T-shirt from Hulk Hogan's Beat Shop, which was <laughs> it was it was probably one of the best places I've been. My wife will hate me saying that because I went to all these other places that we spent about two hours walking around the shop and all the stuff in there. And uh, yeah, that was that was awesome. The only reason I wanted to go to Florida was to go to the, to the Beat Shop. Um, wow! But yeah. Hogan's, Hogan's definitely my number two. 
Yeah, he's been a, a very popular pick. I think he's I think he's battling against Undertaker for Undertaker and Chris Jericho for that fourth spot on the on the Mount Rushmore. So who's uh, yeah, who's in third? Third is Stephen Regal, not William Regal, Stephen Regal. So Lloyd <laughs> Stephen Regal, I thought was was absolutely awesome. Not the same character that was in WWE later, and who can forget the the real man's man. He's um, a man. <laughs> oh, my wife sings that to me a lot because I sort of told her about it, played the music, and then just randomly if I do something, she's a man. <laughs> um, but yeah, the. Um, on the back of sort of Bulldog doing his thing and then Regal came into WCW and I was in at the same time for a brief period but just flying the flag for the British people and and his style was was, was awesome it was proper wrestling which is what WCW was more about and that's why I like that a bit more but yeah Stephen Regal is, is my number three and who takes that cover to the last spot this might be a controversial one but Sid Vicious not Cycle Sid or Sid Vicious that was in WCW in the late nine. Sorry, they had the late 1990s, the, the early Sid Vicious, because he scared the hell out of me, the way he sort of snarled at the screen. And then we'd see, like, the highlights. So we'd see, like, a worldwide sort of going there and he'd just mm-hmm. annihilate everyone in, like, 20, 30 seconds under a big power bomb. And like, this really was the, the baddest man on the earth and the, the master and the ruler of the world. So, yeah, and I loved his figure as well. Yeah, <laughs> it was very intense, was, uh, was Sid. Yeah, it was, it was just the way, like I said, he snarled at everyone and he seemed to walk through everyone. We didn't get to be able to see the pay-per-views over here. You'd see the bits in the magazine, but yeah. the the worldwide shows, he just, just come in, annihilate someone, go home, and that's it. That's his job done. Yeah, great picks. Uh, I think there's only Hogan there who's kind of like challenging for that top, top spot. Oof. Yeah, so far the top is uh, Flair, uh, Austin, uh, the Rock, and then we've got like a, a three-way battle for the fourth spot between Hogan, Undertaker, and Jericho. Um, yeah, uh, I think Sting's only got two votes so far. Um, really? Oh. Yeah, it's 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 just a, a kind of like a snapshot of of the kind of guests that we have on. Uh, yeah, we definitely. Have, we, we tend to have like a like maybe mid twenties to early thirties guests, and and they just. They just don't remember the wrestlers that we kind of remember. <laughs> um, none of them would... If I said Stephen Regal to half of them, they probably would mean, oh, do you mean William? So, <laughs> yeah, some great picks. I think Sid Vicious is a, is a debutant, and uh, I think we've got votes for William Regal, but we've then got, not got any specifically for Stephen Regal, so potentially that's another two debutants there to, to add to our collated list. Thank you very much for that. Oh, I'm glad you brought something to the table. <laughs> Absolutely. The story so far. Regardless of what was going on in the real world, the early 1990s was a great time to be a child. Suspended belief with the tanned heroes of the wrestling world came to life with the release of the WWF Hasbro figures. In the real world of wrestling, it was a period of change for the WWF and also could be said for the figures. The LJN, although very cool looking back, didn't really move and didn't really look like their real world counterpart. The WWF Hasbros did. Like most men in their early to mid-30s, I grew up with the wonderful world of the WWF. Back when everyone was a superstar and became names you'd remember almost 30 years later. 
Most of these heroic superstars were immortalized forever in wrestling figure form. This book brings together the obsession. Remember the feeling when you were young, running through the aisle of your local toy store, or wishing for that present under the tree? That feeling of hope, of not knowing which wrestler you might find, which larger-than-life superstar would become your champion. That feeling is no longer in the past with the unofficial wrestling figure retrospective 1990 to 1994. What happened to the R&B Greg Valentine? What happened to the mystical Mega Maniacs Brutus? Or the Beverly Brothers Tag Team? Or what about the Orange Carded series? This and a whole lot more can be found inside this book. So read the book before it pins you one, two, three. Um, so the main topic uh, that uh, we picked for you, and, and it's quite pertinent because uh, obviously your involvement with the with this book, with the Hasbro uh, figures book, which uh, I got I got from you, and it's uh, wow, it blows me away the kind of detail that that you guys have gone into with this book. It's uh, it's it's something really really special and kind of whilst i'm not a, a figurehead in 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 the terms of like I, I collected a lot of things i had a quite a big collection of figures and a lot of them were these hasbro ones and yeah it just brought back some really cool memories i think i've um, i've got that from a lot of people as well from the initial idea putting it together and putting the team together launching the kickstarter the, the, the target audience wasn't necessarily the, the diehard fans who'd already seen the pictures, they know the stories mm-hmm. or anything else. It was probably people like yourself that were wrestling fans and that put the figures away, they put them in a the loft, they'd forgotten all about them, and then they see this book and like, wow, this brings it all back to life. My little figure fed, who was my champion, why was he the champion, that sort of thing. And that's that was my target audience, and it's it's done well with, with that audience. Yeah, that was that was my kind of idea at the start. It's oh, good to hear. Um, so yeah, the topic that we picked because of that was uh, was wrestling literature. So I kind of took that as any kind of book written about wrestling, or from a wrestler's point of view, or even like you could use like wrestling magazines and stuff like that. Just anything like with a uh, wrestling as a focal point. Um, so what's our uh, first on your uh, Rushmore of wrestling literature? Um, harking back to the the previous topic, it's um, it's Hulk Hogan's book. Um, People might say it's farcical or you know it stretches the truth, but I think that makes it a lot more interesting. Um, and then just kind of hearing or reading his thoughts from from his rise dip, rise again, and then where he's at the end of the book, it's um, it's a good insight to undoubtedly the most recognised wrestler of wrestler of all time. Yeah, absolutely. Um, any kind of uh kind of autobiography is really, really piques my interest because you kind of get to see that uh, that kind of like look behind the curtain almost. Uh, I'm assuming the one you're on about is the, the laugh outside the ring. Yeah, obviously you're right. You know your stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's mainly because I've read it and I'm sure I've got it somewhere on the shelf. Um, so for my first pick, I'm going to go with a, another autobiography and it's, uh, it's actually the first autobiography that I read cover to cover. Uh, it's Have a Nice Day um, by Mick Fawley. Um, and this was uh, from 
from when we had a world of, uh, of wrestlers whose autobiographies were, would tend to be written by a ghostwriter and they would like kind of tell the stories that they want to tell and the, the writer would write it. This was actually penned by, by Mick himself. Um, and it, it, it gives a really cool look at like the territory system um, and then how he kind of like roars through WCW where he was kind of just overlooked a lot uh, to being at the top of the wrestling world when he won the, the WWE Championship. Uh, it also covers some like interesting stuff that I didn't really know about before and like his uh, trips to Japan and, and the time that he nearly lost an ear to uh, the to Vader in a match. I think that was in Germany. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, uh, my first pick is uh, Mick Foley's Have a Nice Day. I thoroughly enjoyed that one. I um, I enjoyed the, the audiobook version as well. I don't know if you've heard that. It's, it's no, good I to, If you get a chance to hear it, it's absolutely awesome. So it's a Mick read through it, but he puts his own emphasis on everything and it, it just brings all the stories to life, like the one where he's on the beach with Stephen Regal and I can't, I think it was, was it Steve Austin? I can't remember, but essentially they go to the beach and they run off with his clothes, so poor Mick's there <laughs> on the beach. But he tells it, he's telling the story. It's like he's not even reading the book, he's telling you the story and it's, it does add a, add a whole new dimension to it. So, yeah, I really like that one. Oh, brilliant. I'll definitely check that out. Um, so, back to you, Kevin, for, for, for your second pick. The second one is, um, is Bret Hart, his book. Um, the, the detail it goes into mm-hmm. from start to finish is, is phenomenal. It's, it's, an, it's an exceptional read. Um, and it's another book that quite often I pick up a book, I start reading it, put it to one side, I pick up another one, start reading it. That's the one I've, I've read front to back. I've read twice. Um, my wife, she's not into wrestling or anything like that, but she's picked it up and she's had a good read of it as well. And yeah, I absolutely love that book. And his his life story, his wrestling life story, is is, yeah. is a brilliant, brilliant thing. Yep, yeah, it's one of my picks as well. Uh, so I may, I may, I may as well have it as my second pick. Um, yeah, a great book. Um, for me, you can kind of see. Brett's mindset through this book, how he, he kind of looked at himself as almost a hero in wrestling, uh, which which to a lot of people he was. Uh, but but knowing that that the kind of backstage antics that goes on, um, it, it's almost like he took himself a little bit too seriously, and like he took the business a little bit too seriously, and it, it kind of gives you that that feel that that. Maybe he thought it was more real than it was, uh, but yeah, it's mm. a real, really good uh, read, and um, you get a good insight to how he felt during the the screw job, obviously, and then obviously with Owen dying, uh, and then um, his defeat and injury to Goldberg. Um, so yeah, I absolutely second that that pick. Um, great, great pick. So it's instantly back to you for pick number three. <laughs> My third one is The Wrestling Guy, Simon Garfield. I um, don't know if you know about this book. It's um, Simon Garfield's a respected journalist. I think he used to work for like, The Times or something like that. Um, but essentially, he went round after the the demise, in inverted commas, of British wrestling and met up with people and got stories of the past and see sort of how they're doing at the moment and where they're going with wrestling. It pulled up a lot of brilliant stories from the old British scene. Um, and that's another one that, like I say, pick them up, drop them. But I read that through and through, and it's a really good book and a good insight as to how the business was in in Britain from like the fifties to the the late eighties, early nineties. Which is, yeah, I enjoyed that. 
Yeah, I've, I've not never heard of it, but it'll be a book that I'll definitely be looking to go and go and have a look at. Yeah, it sounds uh, sounds really good. Um, now I've got two left. Which one am I going to go with? I think <laughs> I'm going to go with um, I'm going to go with the death of WCW. By, uh, is that one of your picks as well? That's the last one. <laughs> oh, well, I'll save it till then. Whether we can might as well discuss it. I'll go with my other pick then. <laughs> it's uh, the Ring of Hell, which is the story of Chris Benoit and the fall of the pro wrestling industry. It's by a guy called Matthew Randozzo the Fifth. Um, and again, this was another kind of those books where once I started, I couldn't stop because of the 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 it drew me in. Uh, and it actually was meant to be just this guy, Matthew Randazzo, following the WWE round and kind of getting a, an inside look of how the wrestling world works. But fortunately for him and unfortunately for, for the wrestling world, it happened at the time that the, the Chris Benoit murder-suicide uh, took place. So he kind of like changed tack after that. Um, but but because he'd started his research way before, you kind of did get those those looks at, at the, the inner workings of WWE uh, and the kind of strange relationship that the man family had there there's a there's one moment that he, he talks about where he's actually in a limo with the, all of the mcmans um and he's there talking away to linda who he who said he's probably the most normal of the mcmans and the, the most pleasant uh and then you've got triple h who's uh in the limo he scolds her and tells her to shut up in, and <laughs> this is in front of steph and in front of uh vince but the weird thing is that that Steph is apparently led across the sea of the of the limo with, with a head in in Vince's lap and he's and he's there stroking her hair. It's kind of just it shows the the that they're in their own bubble. That the the kind of the real life rules don't apply to them. But obviously uh, it happened that it. it that it, it did change tack to, to Chris Benoit and he kind of deep dives into how. Uh, Benoit's laugh literally led up to to what happened. How he was a skinny kid who got bullied as, as a teenager to idolising um, uh, Dynamite Kid and kind of emulating him, taking steroids, training at the Heart uh, Dungeon. Um, then obviously his rise through WCW and then on to WWE. Uh, he actually speaks about when he met his hero Dynamite Kid for the first time and. Um, Dan Mackey was was horrible to him, absolutely horrible to him, yeah. and and told him not to 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 do to do the headbutt, which kind of made Chris want to do it even more. <laughs> uh, so yeah, it's, it's it's a really really interesting read. It's kind of a, again a little bit biased. I think that uh, uh, this Matthew Randazzo did kind of have like a, a negative bias towards the wrestling industry, but when you're covering a topic like that, it's hard not to be negative. So yeah, I'd go with the Ring of Hell by Matthew Randazzo the Fifth. Sounds awesome in a, in a storytelling kind of way. Yeah, the, like I said, the detail that he, that he gets and and you can you can almost see the point where he changes that tack of the of the book where it's like, oh, this has happened. This is what I'm going to focus on now, kind of thing. Um, so yeah, seeing as we're going to be sharing a fourth pick, um, yeah, um, give us your thoughts on the death of, of WCW. I was absolutely devastated, in all honesty. Um, at the time, I was following it through Power Slam magazine, and um, again over here with limited sort of conceive watching stuff mm-hmm. on the on the German channel DFS and um, catching Nitro on um, TNT. But you could see it was going the wrong way, and then 
Power Slam was the sort of insider magazine at the time, um, giving all the insights. And then years later, got hold of this book. So I got the original book, which had um, Bischoff, Hogan, Russo, and I think Nash and Hall on the front. And that was my my companion for for trips for for some time. And it was amazing to see or read how far a place had come from being the absolute pinnacle mm-hmm. to to nothing and ultimately being sold for, for next to nothing. And, yeah, it wasn't a good time to be a WCW fan, which I kind of still was at the time, but I was losing interest in, in wrestling at the time as well. Um, but the read itself, the story it's told, the... The detail it goes into again it's exceptional it does give you a true feeling of what went on what went wrong and the story's been told so many times since but that was my original point of what had happened how it had happened and, and what had gone wrong yeah i, I agree and it's, it's why it made my list and i think the this this book stood out for me more because it wasn't just anecdotal stories or he said, she said kind of things. They they kind of interspersed that with, with actual fi- facts and figures uh, and and kind of like pinpointed where uh, WCW rose and then just absolutely fell off a cliff. I mean, it talks about uh, stuff like they spent half a million on, on Kiss to play one song on a random <laughs> Nitro. Uh, and they paid Master P a million to show up to, I think it was four shows, and then they hired his buddy, who had never wrestled in a, ever in his life, and they paid him 400000 uh, Or the best ones are like when they had the Hog and Road Wild pay-per-views, which literally was throwing money away because everyone got to attend it for free. Mm. Um, yeah, it, it kind of reads almost like, an autopsy of, of that company, <laughs> doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. I don't think there's any other way to kind of accurately describe it. It's it shows how that company was was bled dry and 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 killed off almost. Yeah, I agree with pretty much everything you've said there, um, and that's that's why it is there. It is a book I will read again, and it is it's it's one of those sort of instantly interesting reads if you are interested in the. In the end of WCW. Yeah, and and, it, and it's cool that the 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 Alvarez and and Reynolds came back to this book and 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 revisited it and added more details. Uh, I think that I think they've said that there's like forty percent more information in in the book. So it's cool mm. to, that they they didn't just leave it at this and they they did come back to it and and kind of update it. I think that's the tenth year anniversary, isn't it? I, yeah. I start, started listening to the the audio book of that as well. Alvarez is a very good storyteller, so he's reading through it. Um, but yeah, the the bits that have come up since the initial book, I think, was two thousand and five. Was it something along those lines? Yeah. Um, yeah. Obviously, a lot more has come out of the woodwork since then. A lot more truths and stories dispelling some of the the original myths. But yeah, it's, it's a it's a good extra read. Yep. So, so who has the best Mount Rushmore of, of uh, books or wrestling literature? Is it Kevin with Hogan's Out Life Outside the Ring, Bret Hart's My My Real Life in the Cartoon World of Wrestling, uh, the Wrestling by Simon Garfield, which I'm going to uh, attempt to pick up after I finish this, uh, and the Death of WCW by Brian Alvarez and R.D. Reynolds, or is it Man with um, Mick Foley's Have a Nice Day? Is it? Um, and then I also had a. The Hitman's uh, My Real Life in Cartoon uh, World of Wrestling. I had Ring of Hell, the story of Chris Benoit. And I also had uh, 
the death of WCW by Brian Alvarez and R.D. Reynolds. So very, very similar kind of picks there. And it just it shows that that there there is quality uh, literature about wrestling out there. You just have to go out and find it, I suppose. This is true. Um, like I said, there's so much stuff out there now. There's so many people bringing out their stories, and it's it's interesting to see different variations of particular stories. For for example, the um, the incident in Blackburn with Ryan Anderson and, and Sid Vicious, and um, that was a big thing that all the all the news here, but then hearing different stories. Um, my best one is Gary Michael Capetta's book. I don't know if you've had a chance to read that, but that's a, another good book that didn't quite make my list. But he goes into the whole detail of that particular. Um, tour and that was the event that was at with Sting knocked me on my backside they wow. had to change it all because um, Arn and Sid were in the hospital and <laughs> stabbed each other and whatever else so yeah but yeah, yeah that, that's it's good hearing different variations of a particular point in time and how each people view that that incident yeah, we've brought that up on a, a, a when we covered a topic called uh, Wrestling Road Stories um, and yeah, that got brought up, and I think was it Vader actually sticking a finger in one of the wounds of Sid Vicious to stop it bleeding? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but um, I think I've heard, I think I've seen that in one of his um, one of the interviews he was doing or, or something along those lines. Yeah, that sounds disgusting. <laughs> yeah, wrestlers are mental. That's the facts. I think. <laughs> <laughs> so, Kevin, what I need from you now. Uh, is a, a a topic for a future guest. Uh, what kind of Mount Rushmore would you be interested in in hearing about? I've been thinking about this like long and hard all weekend. Things that like every time I thought of something, it's already been done. So I don't think this has been done. Wrestling cartoons. Oh, so, interesting. Um, no. Growing, growing up, Hulk Hogan, Rock and Wrestling, absolutely loved it. Was at, was so confused with the timelines of everything because Andre and Hulk were friends, but they were fighting over here and. Roddy Piper's a bad guy, but he's a good guy, and it was it was all over the place. But it was an awesome cartoon, and um, trying to get my little boy to watch it, he's four, and he just looks at it like, "What? What the hell is this? Guy? How long? <laughs> Where's Paw Patrol? Where's, where's this? Where's that? Where, where's Marinette?" So um, I don't know. That's a, that could be a good one. Yeah, interesting. Um, what comes straight to mind for me is probably something like Camp WWE on the network. I don't know if you've uh, caught any episodes of that. Um, but, yeah. Slightly different audience. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it's still it's still animation, so I'm gonna it'll definitely be one of my picks, I think. Fantastic. Yeah, so um, thank you for doing this, Kevin. Uh let us uh, know about um about your book, where they can find you on social media, where people can go on and get hold of a copy. Um yeah, just uh, give us all all that that good information. Sure. Um on the social platforms it's WWF Hasbro book. And the actual website is uh, wrestlingsuperstore.net. Um, books available on there. If you have a look at the store, you can view the book. There's a print. There's a, a light version of the ebook. So it's all very easy to use and, and place your order. The Kickstarter went well. All those orders are on the way to people. A lot have already had them. So it's good to see those popping up. And the reviews have been awesome. We've been honest. I was I was worried there might be a few negative ones or whatever, but. Everything we've had so far has been been super positive. Yeah, I, I picked up the the book this weekend uh, through through the website, and yeah, like I said, it, it just brings back some amazing memories of of like being the booker and uh, using these figures as as wrestlers, and and like I said, the detail that you go into, like the even things that I, I 
I wouldn't have ordinarily even have understood the different colour uh, cards at the back uh, and the kind of like different um, coloured like painted wrestlers. It's just yeah, some great detail. It's it's well worthy of a read and just go and go and give me a follow. Go and pick it. Go and have a look at the book. Go and have a look at the um, the the sample. And I'm sure it, you'll you'll agree with me that this is definitely money well spent. Um, Anyway, you can follow me on Twitter at DJ Kirby. Follow the show at uh, Badlands Pod. Um, thank you again, Kevin, for coming on to do this show. I really do appreciate it. Um, yeah, and who had the best Mount Rushmore? Was it Kevin's Mount Rushmore? <laughs> Was it my Mount Rushmore? Uh, but whenever you're, you're deciding, we only have one rule here at Badlands, and that is you must always use your head. Chairshot.com. Always use your head.